Welcome to Season 4, Episode 53 of Brody Sports Talk. My name is Derek Rusnick, and I am your humble but hopeful host for this episode of Brody Bites. I am joined by one of my favorite podcasters, the founder of this podcast and the owner of the Green Bay Packers. That's Caleb Walgren. Caleb, how are you doing? How you been? I am doing really well. Uh, I will say if you happen to see any tigers or huskies around, I've been hearing that they are quite dangerous and happen to be taking out a lot of different uh, different creatures in tournaments lately. Uh, so you, you got to watch out for uh, those Bayou Bengals and uh, the Huskies from from the Northeast. I wish to apologize to our listeners as Caleb only has dad jokes uh, today. And it was really trying to catch a tiger by the tail uh, for this episode. Uh, so let's just go ahead and start it off. We know what we're talking about today. The LSU women have won the, the bracket, have won the national championship in their version of March Madness. Uh so uh, a little bit of, of a personal note or, or, or Big 12 note for me, uh, Kim Malky, who won three championships with Baylor, um, is the head coach of LSU. Um, I think she now, she, now that she has her fourth, is definitely, you know, up in, up the, uh, the, the coaching tree, as you will, the, the coaching ranking as doing it at two different schools and in her second year as coach, uh, I really a big shout out to her and to the LSU uh, Tigers for winning a really great national championship game. The score was a little bit uh, lopsided in the Tigers' direction as they beat Iowa, but it was still a really great game, and it had um, bigger viewership than some of the uh, other bigger. Uh, sporting events uh, in 2022. So this is definitely a good sign as uh, as someone who enjoys uh, women's sports. Um, I, I'm really glad to see that they are, uh, they're getting their just uh, their, their desserts and getting uh, definitely the viewership that they need. Caleb, what's your thoughts? Uh, I think that it was a fantastic tournament by Kim Mulkey and the LSU Tigers, you know, they weren't necessarily expected to be there as a three seed. There's not always a lot of parody in women's college basketball, but let's get excited. There was a championship game that didn't hold any number one seeds. And I feel like we see the one seeds run their way to the final four. Often Iowa was able to beat a worthy adversary in South Carolina. LSU took down Virginia tech. They deserve to be here. LSU played a really well-balanced team game and scored more points in that game than they had in the tournament so far. So hats off to them. You know, they, they were able to go out and get it done against fierce competition. No, you're exactly right about that. Um, just as a little bit of, of a side note, I just want to give a shout-out to Caitlin Clark, who has been um, an outstanding player this year. 
She has. She uh, plays for Iowa in a, in a losing effort. She still put up a, I think, a forty-one point game, if I remember correctly. But altogether, uh, she had one hundred ninety-one points and sixty assists in this tournament, the most ever uh, recorded in a women's uh, basketball tournament uh, for the college level. Just doing things out there, willing her team to a championship level, uh, to, to the game itself, and uh, has really just... Um, so I, I saw this the other day, and I was excited for it as well, but uh, Paige Butkers, who plays for the the UConn women's team, and Caitlin and Clark, if I remember correctly, uh, I don't have the exact... you know what, But I think they're playing in the preseason uh, next year, the UConn versus Iowa, and... Those two are the most exciting uh, two players. Paige Butkers uh, has an ACL tear this year and so was out, uh, I think, the entire year. She's an amazing player. We've just seen what Kaylin Clark can do. And then, of course, we have the LSU team that, uh, as a team game, has really come together and won the national championship together. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, absolutely. I think what Caitlin Clark went out and did. I mean, what she does stylistically in the women's game for Iowa, it's up there with some of the best games that we've seen from Russell Westbrook when he won his MVP season here in Oklahoma City or some of the stars that we see like Luka Doncic on the national stage. Uh, Except she gets more wins uh, because Hmm. uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes have done better with her and like you said, 191 points, 60 assists. It's just such a dominant, dominant tournament. I think the real question is, if we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook, who is a fashion more fashionable dresser, Russell Westbrook or Kim Mulkey? Derek, take it away. Oh, man, you just put me on the spot. I will tell you this. I prefer Kim Mulkey's uh, outfits more than I do Russell Westbrook's. Um, they are very flashy and uh, very vibrant colors. That's what I, I mean, I dress very drab. I have a gray shirt on right now in blue jeans. So uh, color is something that I would definitely need in my life. Uh, Russell Westbrook has uh, some different uh, pieces that are fashionable or what people tell me are fashionable. I just don't see it. Kim Mulkey has the, has the color. I'm going to go with the color. I think that's fair. I think that's fair, Derek. Uh, should we switch over to uh, the men's national championship game now? Yeah, of course. So I, I was bringing up UConn and Paige Butkers, uh, but the men at uh, the University of Connecticut, they won their national championship games. They are champions of the world uh, for this particular year. And I, uh, I, I think UConn is definitely moving their way into uh, what many would call the blue blood. Uh, they have four, no, I'm sorry, five championships now. Um, and I mean, so I think they're right up there with the Dukes and the and the Yukons and the Indianas that, that you would you would consider, you know, basketball programs. UConn. Uh, it's really putting together a really good uh, basketball program up there. Uh, they went up against San Diego State University, the fighting Marshawn, uh, Marshall Falks, not Marshawn Lynch, the uh, fighting Marshall Falks, uh, as he came out of uh, San Diego State University uh, when he was in college. That was a very long time ago. That was in the 90s. 
but uh, loved him when he was on the Rams. So that's the only San Diego State Aztec that I could think of off the top of my head. But uh, they, uh, so their drive through the tournament, they were a very dominant team. Uh, put it up an average, they beat their opponent by an average of 20 points. And I think all their wins were by double digits at least. Like, I think their lowest was a 13-point win, which just tells you that they are a very complete team uh, on both ends of the floor, both defense and offense. Um, And congrats to the Huskies. So I would say congrats to them as well. If we're going to talk about legends that played at San Diego State, uh, I've got to give a shout-out to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is from there. And part of me goes, is Kawhi Leonard better than any UConn players as far as skill translating to the next level? Uh, Don't get me wrong. I loved Kemba Walker back when he got them to the title. Uh, That was such a a marvelous run by UConn that year. But Kawhi is really dang good. Uh, So (laughs) it's really tough to get up there and compete. But I would say UConn definitely has done it. They've done it over and over again. I feel like when they do it, I tend to count them out. Of course, I did count them out too many times this year, and that's why my bracket got completely thrown in the trash during the Sweet 16 weekend. But that is okay. Uh, You know, I I didn't actually throw it away. I recycled it, Derek. I was very responsible with my paper. See, I go digital nowadays. I can't can't go paper – I touch paper each and every day for multiple hours a day. I just can't, uh, I can't fill out my bracket on paper anymore. Has to be digital. I have to either type it in someplace or I have to just choose it from like a website or something like that. I, uh, but I, so I, I don't know if that's, that's greener or not as green because like it uses electricity and yeah, I don't know. I'll figure it out. A, uh, I figured out another day. So uh, a little bit of news has come out this week for those who uh, like the fighting arts, uh, mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. Uh, UFC and the WWE have merged under one ownership group under the Endeavor ownership group. Uh, so uh, WWE was kind of up for sale. There was some talk uh, a couple weeks back about uh, a Saudi back company going to buy them. And then they backed out. And now the ownership group that owns UFC has stepped in and uh, has bought the WWE. So I, I, I don't mean to be a spoiler alert or, or, or run anyone's fun, but the WWE is scripted matches. Um, they, they have an outcome to their matches already established before the uh, the guys and gals get into the ring. And so there has been... Uh, so the people in in Las Vegas that does the, uh, the lines for gambling and stuff like that are now allowing you to bet on the outcome of scripted matches in the WWE. So uh, everyone has seen... Um, you know, the, that online gambling, especially through the apps and stuff like that, has risen over the last five years or so. A lot of more states have, uh, have make, made sports gambling legal. 
And so we just recently had this last weekend, WrestleMania, one of the biggest pay-per-views events for the WWE. And then they announced this right afterwards. Um, UFC has been a big supporter of the uh, of gambling and uh, you know you can gamble on UFC fights but those are not scripted those are two uh, two men or two women get into a cage and beat each other up and so what I'm looking at here is with the WWE uh, and the UFC being merged together and under one ownership group this kind of lends some legitimate legitimate legitimacy there we go i can i can say words legitimacy to wwe being more real and you're going to see a lot more of retired ufc fighters going over to wwe um to you know continue especially those who are really good on the microphone uh those that uh had a big personality Uh, we've seen some of those guys go over there already Brock Lesnar, one of the biggest ones out there, has gone back and forth between uh, WWE, champion there, UFC, champion there, and has gone back and forth. So we are going to see soon guys and gals who, well, uh, went out there and fought for real, move over to the WWE and fight in scripted matches. So with that... Do do you think, and this is for our listeners and then also over to Caleb, do you think with the the merging of the two companies and the news of being able to bet on scripted matches, do you see a difference in your outlook of professional wrestling? Ha, to me, I used to watch it back in the 90s, early 2000s, uh, and you know I enjoyed my time watching it. I've, I couldn't follow the storyline, stuff like that, so I kind of fell out of it. But does this make it, does this um, change your mind and this is more of a professional outlet? Uh, Caleb, I want to throw it over to you. Do you think that uh, with this news that WWE it changes your, your outlook of them? Um, I'm not going to say it changes it a ton. I know that in general with some of this, I see Vince McMahon is coming back, which... I can't say I love that, but I have a tough time. Like you said, they're scripted matches. And if you're going to go and be able to place a bet on something that has been thought of largely as scripted for quite a long time, it gets kind of hairy in a hurry. Like when, when does someone from WWE like give someone information and they go place a bet? once the odds are already in favor of the other way and then they like make money on themselves. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying it feels odd. It feels odd. So I'm, I would be hopeful that it looks and feels more legitimate, but I also know it's entertainment. If you're going there, you're enjoying it. You're being entertained. Uh, my thought is probably Gladiator's thought. If you go there, are you not entertained? You know, enjoy WrestleMania, enjoy the the fun of WWE Raw or Thursday Night SmackDown. 
if you enjoy it, more power to you. That's a really good point. I want to hear from our listeners, our fans out there. Um, let me know on our Twitter, at Brody Talk. Um, and, and just let me know how you feel about this UFC, WWE merger. And if you're a wrestling fan, and if you are, you know, how do you feel about them now that uh, they're going to have uh, maybe in partnership or or be best buddies with the UFC? So um, we move over uh, to, I guess, across the pond, as they uh, they may call it. And we talk about the Premier League. So, Caleb, can you tell me about the Premier League? I'm, I'm still, you know, I have two friends that are really soccer guys, and I have just not got into the soccer stuff. So tell me a little bit about what's going on in the Premier League. So the Premier League is having a really interesting year, in part because Arsenal has come out of nowhere and is really dominating the league this year. They lead with 72 points, and they have won all five of their last five matches. They're trailed by Manchester City, who was the front runner going into the year. They have 64 points, and it's not really a race behind them. You know, we're at the point where April and May, the season should be wrapping up, but it's a it's a two-horse race. It might be a little bit lopsided. I will say, if you're not familiar with these teams and you're in St. Louis, you probably are going to start cheering for Man City, because Arsenal is owned by Stan Kroenke, who also owns the Rams. Um, I did see the Battle Hawks post something about them moving on April Fool's Day, which made me laugh. So I have included an XFL reference in my soccer talk. Derek, you are welcome. I don't know how I did that. Uh, <laughs> if, but yeah, Arsenal, they've been the best team all year. They've continued to be at the top of the table. City's trying to chase them. But at, at this point, it feels like if you're rooting for city, you're almost rooting for like the Yankees to catch the race. Like it, it's tough to sit there. And I know Derek likes the Yankees. So sorry, Derek. Uh, but it, it's like, you're, you're cheering for the, the bad evil empire to go up there and just chase them down with all of their money. Now the bottom of the table is actually significantly more interesting, Derek. And this is where I think in general, sometimes we don't have a great con- context to it because we don't have relegation in professional sports in the U.S. Sometimes I wish we did because then teams like uh, the Browns and the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Oakland A's would get sent down to the minor leagues and we'd have other teams come up because, let's face it, sometimes certain pro franchises just are not run as pro franchises. And then, I mean, if you want to talk about how do you get tanking out of the league, hey, <laughs> you got sent down a league. Oh, well, that'll take care of it. Um but yeah, down at the lower half of the table right now, it's a gigantic mess. Uh, Southampton's in dead last with 23 points. Leicester City has 25. They won the league just like five or six years ago, and they're in 19th. Bournemouth is down there as well with 27 points, and the bottom three teams do go down. Now, what's crazy is Bournemouth has 27. Ahead of them is Nottingham Forest with 27. Ahead of them is Everton in 16th with 27. Go Everton, up the Toffees. That's my team. And ahead of them is West Ham with 27. So if you're looking at this table and going, how are all these teams tied and how do they know Bournemouth is getting sent down? It's because Bournemouth has a worse goal differential. They are minus 30 on the year. Forest is pretty close to them at minus 28. But in general, 
that's what that's the tiebreaker if you're tied on points. But if one of those teams gets a win, they have a chance of going up because Wolves is in 14th with 28, Leeds United is in 13th with 29, and Crystal Palace is in 12th with 30. So it is easy for anyone to move up or move down five or six spots any given weekend by just going out there and getting a win. Even getting a tie can get you up a spot, especially if you're talking about going potentially from Bournemouth with a tie in their next match, if everyone else lost, would move up to 15th. So it's a lot of craziness. It's a lot of fun. Even if it's not the most well-known teams, it's worth keeping an eye on some of this chaos in the Premier League because it's going to be fun. No one wants to get sent down. And it's going to be an adventure these final two months of the year, mainly on the relegation battle. But uh, I will say go Arsenal. I hope that they beat City because City is the defending champs. Uh, Derek, I spit out a whole bunch of random soccer talk there. Anything that you want to add? Yeah. Um, so you're talking a lot about tables. Is there a coffee table in there? I, I need to spread my magazines out and uh, a place for my coaster. Uh, no, no coffee tables. Okay. It's, so let's it's move great, on. Though. It's great. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where Brits and uh, Americans, they use different words that mean the same things. It's called a table, but it's the standings. So I, I can't help but call it the table because that is what it would be called across the pond when they are playing on the pitch. It is not how we refer to it. And at some point, the term is the term. You know, they call their jerseys kits, not jerseys. Is it weird? Yes. But at, when in England, you talk as the English. Yeah, I think we won a war uh, back about 250 years ago, so we didn't have to talk like them. Um, uh, go USA. Uh, so let's uh, move on. So uh, some news came out this week that I really enjoy because I love talking about D-tackles and I love talking about former Georgia players. So Jalen Carter, who is thought to be a uh, first-round pick this year, is uh, he's the defensive tackle out of Georgia, had a really good career, uh, won a couple national championships. He's only visiting NFL teams that are in the top 10. So uh, for just to refresh everyone's memories, I know you guys have this uh, memorized uh, for the top 10 in the, in the draft, but just to refresh those who are new here, that would be number one, uh, the Carolina Panthers, the Houston Texans, the Arizona Cardinals, Indianapolis Colts, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions, the Raiders, Atlanta Falcons, Chicago Bears, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so, of those 10 teams, Caleb, where do you think he could get drafted in the top 10? And if he doesn't get drafted in the top 10, how far does he fall? I do think it's really interesting because at least one team has come out and said that they will not draft him. And that, I mean, it's not really a surprise because it is the Raiders. When you're talking about someone who may be a great talent, but then was charged with, you know, reckless driving and one of his teammates died. That's just a, a little too close to the Henry Ruggs, the third situation that happened in Vegas, not that long ago. 
you can't do that. You just can't do that if you're Vegas. Uh, so I, I really agree that he probably will not land there. I think what's interesting is when the Bears were originally going to trade down, I think that they were, if they were trading down lower or not as low as nine, I think that they might have been able to scoop him up if they traded down with like the Colts or the Seahawks. But given the way the board is set up, I think he doesn't make it all the way down to the Bears at nine. I see a lot of people putting him in on the Detroit Lions. And I think that if you put him in next to, um, oh, dang, the rookie from last year, Derek, why does my mind go blank Agent when I'm Aiden doing Hutchinson? this? Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. I was like, the guy from Michigan. <laughs> if you have Hutchinson and Carter next to each other, Skill-wise, that's just a really talented defensive line for the opposition to go up against day, game in and game out. So I think anytime you can add depth on that side of the line, that's something that will, teams enjoy. And while it may be a risk, I def, like the Eagles are there in the top 10. So mm-hmm. the Eagles always love to draft on the lines. So, yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you up to a certain point. Now, what I mean by that is I see this draft being a little kooky. So we know that the Panthers are going quarterback at number one. That could be Anthony Richardson. Uh, it could be any of CJ Stroud, whomever you want to you fit in there. We know the Texans are probably going to go quarterback. They get get themselves a brand shiny new guy that they can uh, trade in five years. It'll be great to get uh, a bunch of draft picks back uh, in five years for the Texans. Um, the Cardinals, if I'm going with the uh, with a pick there, I'm going to replace J.J. Watt, and I'm going with like a Will Anderson or something like that. Colts are going quarterback. You know, you maybe see something from Seattle, but I think they have some other plans in mind. The, the Lions, you know, as you said, that was their, their pick there. Raiders are not going to take him. The Falcons are going to go, um, you know, have, have a lot of lot of need. And uh, they go uh, somewhere else. The Bears, um, with going to nine, you might be able to get him there. Uh, but I also think that they have some other uh, other stuff in mind. And then you have the Eagles, which... So I'm going to say that they're out of the top 10. There's only three teams that I could see him going to. And that's the Lions, that's the Bears, and that's the Eagles. I think everyone else has different plans or is going with a, uh, with a quarterback that they... And uh, I'm going to tell you, probably there's a lot of... There's some quarterbacks that you could probably get uh, you could sign off the street that are uh, are going to be as good this year as I think Jalen Carter is going to be for the next 10 to 15 years in the NFL. I mean, I think you should maybe bypass a Will Levis, bypass uh, a Hendon Hooker if you're going to go uh, high in the first round, if you can get a guy like Jalen Carter, because um, I think when defense wins championships. And uh, so for me, I think... Uh, I don't know how far he would fall out of the top 10, but I don't like when uh, when people are like, hey, I'm not going to go to this team, so don't don't draft me. 
Um, I, I remember a certain Eli Manning who uh, who said, hey, I'm not going to go to San Diego. Uh, and then he got traded to the Giants. Had uh, won a couple Super Bowls there. So I guess that did work out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, if you're doing a, uh, a job interview, which is that's what these interviews are, just go to the, the 31 teams that have picks. And, uh, well, no, I think it's like 29 teams because a couple people have already traded their draft picks. And then the Dolphins had their forfeited. So this, you know, just, just go to all the teams because uh, you're going to be a first-round talent. And uh, maybe you'll find something, uh, maybe you'll find something nice out there. I mean, I will agree. I think that basically acting like, you know what, I'm going to stay in the top 10, it doesn't matter. Things happen. Things happen, Derek. Um, it wasn't that many years ago that one of our favorite offensive tackles in the league, Laramie Tunsil, had a huge draft day slide because people posted images about him on social media. Yep. Like... He's negotiated his own contract a few times. I think he's happy in Houston making it beautiful money, but he wasn't supposed to fall as far as he did when the Dolphins got him at 13th overall. Like everyone was like, oh, this guy is a top top player potentially or top five player in this draft. And then all of a sudden things happened, you know why would you not want to take those meetings meet with teams that may pick you up, but you're basically already saying, you know what? I'm not interested. I'm better than that. And that's not a great way to start your look joining the NFL. No, I'll agree with you on that one. So with that being said, uh, I want to, to have the best look, um, that I possibly can. And uh, what would make me uh, really happy is if we got some five-star reviews from our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate you guys spending your time with us, uh, and we want to hear from you. So if uh, you have a podcasting platform that you use where you can leave a review, go ahead and uh, give us a little review on there that helps us out. Five-star review, because uh, we think we're a five-star podcast. Um, like I said earlier, I want to hear from you guys about the the UFC, WWE stuff, but any of the stuff that you uh, you see out there, give us a shout out on that on at our Twitter at Brody Talk and our link tree l a n k t r dot dot e e slash Brody Talk, and uh, all of our links are on there, so you can reach out to us and uh, tell us what you think about uh, Jalen Carter. Um, you think that he's just going to be a top five guy and uh, won't have to worry about it, just uh, give us a shout out. So my name is Derek. The guy across from me is Caleb. Uh, do me a favor and have a wonderful day. Bye.